Welcome to the Leadership Lounge, a restorative space for women who embrace leading and learning. Each episode is brought to you by the TurkNet Leadership Group and hosted by me, Anne Quiello. I'm an executive coach and leadership development consultant. You're going to want to stay tuned for inspiring and informative interviews with experts in leadership, and especially if you're seeking to be the very best version of who you want to be as a leader. We'll start each episode with a segment we call Beyond Theory, where we'll gather around this table and talk about leadership character, sharing personal experiences, stories, and lessons learned. We won't shy away from the messy side of leadership, the moments when character was tested, or the invaluable lessons from failure. Through unscripted dialogue, we'll bring to light the reality of leadership character and how it shows up in the world. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage, find a cozy spot, and join us as we embark on this journey together. Thank you, Eve, for joining me in Beyond Theory. This particular episode is all about entrepreneurship. And as we think about entrepreneurship and the leadership character model, which as a review, the leadership character model is that uh, framework that we use in training and in coaching around leadership. And it has that basis of integrity. And on one side is a respect or building relationships of trust inside the organization. And then on the other side, balanced with that is the responsibility for the results necessary for the organization to succeed. And so as I was thinking about entrepreneurship, one of the key elements on the responsibility side is courage. And to me, that really speaks to what's necessary for an entrepreneur to start her business and to sustain it and to get it to market and to build revenue and so on and so forth. I'm curious, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true, Anne. The courage to even start. I also think self-confidence, which is also part of the model, which ties perfectly into courage. Um, Mm -hmm. With the courage you have to have to inspire others to get people to be interested in your idea, to back (laughs) you, to be trusted partners, but the self-confidence you have to have in yourself, you have to have financial confidence, Mm -hmm. you have to have support, but I think support also comes from within. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think those two really go hand in hand when we're talking about entrepreneurship and connecting that to the leadership character model. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was researching the word of uh, courage, and I found that it's really old French for heart and spirit, meaning intention, purpose, vital energy, which is a large part of competence. So I think there's a real strong connection between the two. And I loved this whole notion that courage, you have to have the courage to come back, to get up, to go on. I have a good friend who has been working on a technology that would transform the recruiting industry. So she's been trying to get this uh, technology to market for four or five years. And I've told her that she's the most resilient, courageous person I've ever met because she's had to call on that 
inner strength to keep going, get herself up, to make a comeback and to keep going on until she can finally find an interested party to take on the technology. So it, it's amazing. And of course, with women, it's especially difficult to do that. What do you think? That's a great point that you put in the resilience part to be able to come back after setback and setback and to be able to come back even after major life events, just as a woman entrepreneur having to kind of be the anchor for a household, which a lot of women entrepreneurs are, as well as being this business owner, it's it's hard, even if it's not considered necessarily a setback, it's still something that takes a lot of courage to simultaneously do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, a person that comes to mind who's local is Sarah Blakely. Uh, she's the, the founder of, of um, Spanx. And um, I read her story recently where she, <laughs> she had a hard time trying to bring her product to market and had to have the courage and confidence to keep putting it in front of people. And what she found was, was that most of the buyers, the potential buyers for her product were men. And it was only after she sent some uh, product samples home to their wives <laughs> that she got some real interest. Uh, but that took courage and that took self-confidence to be bold enough to say, hey, take this home to your wife, see what she thinks. And sure enough, that uh, that's what did it. And of course, she's, um, I think she's a billionaire as a result of all that she did. And she's also done a, a lot for other women. She's all about supporting women and women entrepreneurs. So she's done a, a lot in that space. Well, it, uh, and it certainly reminds me of our guest this episode, who is the executive director of the Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative of Atlanta. I think it's going to be a fantastic episode to learn more and more about what women are doing with confidence and courage to be successful entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Today, we're talking with Monica Hooks, Executive Director of Atlanta's Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative. But before I introduce Monica and our topic, which is around entrepreneurship and women, Listen to these statistics highlighted in a March 2023 Forbes article. First of all, women-owned businesses are a huge driver of our economy. Women own over 13 million businesses, employ close to 12 million employees, and boast 1.9 trillion, that's with a T, in annual revenues. Huge. And of all the total small business loan dollars, only 4% go to women. The venture capital picture is even worse. Companies with female-only founders receive just 2.1% of the total capital invested in venture-backed startups. And women-led tech startups continuously demonstrate significantly lower fail rates and generate higher returns for investors. So interesting set of statistics. Well, Monica Hooks, as the executive director of Atlanta's Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative, or what we call WE, is in a great position to grow this part of our economy, that is women as entrepreneurs. 
But just a little bit about Monica first. She built her career at Sony Music Entertainment with roles in product management, international marketing, and also in business affairs. And she has over 20 years of expertise in startup business development, content marketing, and brand management targeting projects connecting business, media, technology, and culture. She is the founder and CEO of MarketGo.io, which is a go-to market agency providing strategy and market research for innovative brands and influencers. She's a proud graduate of the City of Atlanta Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative. So she was in the very first class. She was in the inaugural class, and she was the winner of the 2017 Microsoft Innovation Bots and Cognitive Services Award. Wow. She's a graduate of Georgia Public Schools, received her bachelor's degree from Dartmouth College in Government, and also an MBA in Finance and Marketing from the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business. So most significantly, I think, under her leadership, we has created more than 1,000 jobs for Atlanta and helped garner $7.3 million in capital investment for women-led startups. And it's probably more than that since this was written. So Monica, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Anne, and um, for you and for our, our listeners. Yes, those numbers are being updated as we speak. <laughs> and so hopefully in our next conversation, I'll have more good news to share. Well, that's quite a few jobs and quite a few dollars in capital investments. So good for you. So from the outside looking in, it seems like, gee whiz, all the stars and planets lined up for you professionally because it's been a lot in startup development, marketing, and of course you have a Wharton MBA, has to make you a remarkable fit uh, as the executive director of WE. What else prepared you and what does it mean to you personally? Well, thank you for the question. And I, you know, done some thinking about this here recently and it really is based off of my why, which I think is the case for most people. Mm. Um, making sure uh, people that are fulfilled in their jobs and their roles is that it's in alignment with their why. So my why uh, starts with I'm an Atlanta girl. I am a Georgia peach, but I grew up in Atlanta under the leadership of Mayor Maynard Jackson. And I just love Atlanta. I think it's such a cool place and the environment that Mayor Jackson helped establish in terms of an environment of diversity and inclusion and prosperity for lots of different types of Atlantans. And by the way, he didn't do that on his own. The direct descendant of John Wesley Dobbs, like I was born into that environment. So that's one mm -hmm. part of my why. And because of that environment, I believe in economic development, right? I think that marginalized communities or underrepresented communities need to be a part of the economic development picture because mm -hmm. it makes the entire community stronger. Um, and so, you know, I just, I subscribe to that. And then because I'm a woman and women have, you know, not really been included in a lot of the business decisions and leadership as much as I think that we need them to be, I'm passionate mm -hmm. about that. So all of those three things intersect so perfectly in this role, but it is absolutely the basis of my why why I was, I think, even brought to this work and why I'm so uh, thankful to be able to work in this space and, and hopefully have an impact on the city of Atlanta and, and all of her constituents. 
Wow. You know, that's quite a purpose. Uh, So people that don't have that significant sense of a purpose can't be led as you have. I have to mention, though, that you mentioned Mayor Jackson's name. A few people, I don't know that the newer generations really recognize what a force he was for the Mm -hmm. city of Atlanta, the people of Atlanta. And he was all about development. Yes. So great role model for you. I mean, listen, we have nonstop airways to the the globe because of Mayor Jackson. And Mm -hmm. and, and just to bring this back home, I believe that this program that I run is a direct ascendant of that type of policy and energy and aspiration put in place by his administration. So it is an alignment of the stars for sure. Yes, yes. Well, tell us a little bit then about the Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative and especially the one in Atlanta here. And also, if you could tell us a few of your favorite success stories from there. Yeah, for sure. Well, the uh, Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative, or we reference it as WE, is Mm -hmm. an incubator program funded by the city of Atlanta. We are the only municipally funded program of our kind in the nation. We are the first of our kind, and that is a startup program, early stage, focused on women, funded and supported by the city. And we are here to serve as an incubator for these founders uh, to help them develop a strategy, to develop roadmaps and pathways to scalability, and to be a place where Early in their journey, they can come and make sure that they have their footing correct, make sure that they're on the right path, make sure that they are building the right relationships. We do that uh, over a 15-month period that is structured with a core curriculum for the first third and then application of those learnings from the core curriculum. We've had over 90 businesses participate in the program so far to Mm -hmm. generate some of the stats that you picked up on. but. We try to not only develop our programming for our classes of businesses or our cohorts of women, but also share a lot of that programming with the greater Atlanta community to develop the pipeline um, around entrepreneurship. I don't know if it makes sense for me to dig down into the four pillars. You know what? Let me touch on those very briefly because I think that they are unique to the program. And I think they're one of the reasons that we've had the success that we've had four pillars, the first being business analysis, second being learning and leadership development, the third being funding opportunities, and the fourth being strategic partnerships. Definitely uh, curated from a woman's lens, uh, starting with business analysis. I think that women need strategy. And we talked about uh, not being a traditional member or having a traditional seat at the table. So as you get into the space of entrepreneurship and business, it's important to have a strategy and have it well thought out and well planned. And in that pillar, we deal with not only the business strategy, but the personal strategy and how you as a leader are going to develop that business, which I think is, again, so important for women. We do a lot of leadership development and assessment through your firm, the Turknet Group, um, helping mm-hmm. women understand what type of leader they are so they know what type of team to put around them for success. Uh, how to leverage their strengths and make opportunities of their weaknesses. We don't try to recreate the will. We lean on some tried and true tools like a SWOT analysis and a competitive analysis. Um, We incorporate the business model canvas, even if you're a Main Street business or a lifestyle business, which 
you know, the business model canvas comes from the tech space, but we're kind of like an interdisciplinary core curriculum for these female founders. After that, Mm -hmm. that first pillar, we go into learning and leadership development, which is everything startup that a budding CEO needs to learn about, whether it's startup marketing, startup operations, startup finance, you might be brilliant at sales, but you really don't have any operational expertise to to scale your business and automate it and put processes in place. We do the startup mental health, just all Mm -hmm. the things that you really need to incorporate into your leadership. And one of the things I, I love about this pillar is we incorporate members of the community to share their expertise in these individual disciplines. And what that does is it allows the community to advocate for the women that they meet through our program, which I just think is the mm-hmm. way to go. And because we need more advocates for women. This gets into the third pillar, then the funding opportunities. I want women to understand and we want women to understand that there's a landscape of funding and capital out there. And there's a strategy to apply to each type of funding, whether it be going for grants like micro grants to prove a thesis or a proof of concept or an SBIR government grant if you're in the high tech space. If it's, you know, debt or loan funding through someone like Invest Atlanta that has super low rates at 3% as opposed to your credit card at 20 some odd percent. Um, whether you're going for equity or in the venture capital space to do your research and go after those funds that are interested in investing in you. That's a whole landscape and there's a strategy wow. for a time and place to use all of that capital. And then the fourth pillar, we focus on strategic partnerships which is about introducing these founders to all the agencies in the city, all the nonprofits, all the corporations that are city adjacent that want to see uh, women as a primary part of our economic development strategy. And that all comes together in our core curriculum that then women go on to apply for the second half of the program. I should say that we are industry agnostic. We accept Main Street businesses, lifestyle businesses, tech startups, Mm -hmm. but the criteria is that you are led by a woman and that you want to build your business here in the city of Atlanta. And the city of Atlanta business license is the qualifier for that. And I don't know, I just think it's such a pivotal program. We sit between so many great programs in the city, but we really work well after a program like a Start Me through Emory University or the Center for Civic Innovation that's sponsored by Sarah Blakely. Mm. Our Ignite Ideas. It sounds so comprehensive. You could almost apply a degree to it. (laughs) I mean, it really is amazing. It's so comprehensive. So what have been some of your three top of mind highest successes, would you say? I know there's so many, but are there three that come to mind pretty quickly? Yes, I will speak about those. I would like to jump back into that little riff I was going on. Oh, yes, um, please. But uh, we sit at a great space in the system just after a program like Start Me with Emory University, our Center for Civic ah. Innovation, which is sponsored by Sarah Blakely's foundation, are the Boomtown Accelerators, Comcast Universal Ignite Ideas, uh, which is a program that we Invest Atlanta does in, in partnership with Boomtown. And then a number of our graduates go on to a place like a Techstars or an Engage or Accelerprise, a number of accelerators that really, really allow Mm -hmm. them to apply the principles that they learn in the program. You asked me about some of our great, great success stories. We do have quite a few. You know, I will say while we are industry agnostic, 
Um, a number of the businesses that do well in our program are product-based businesses, CPG businesses. I'll call out Brown Toy Box. This is an example. Terry Michelle Bradley came mm -hmm. from the Center for Civic Innovation. She came into the WE program. She then went on to become a Russell Center stakeholder. A Brown Toy Box is a subscription service sending out a kit and a toy package every month of uh, inventions made by black and brown folks. And Brown Toy Box That's has smart. distribution in all 1,800 Target stores nationwide. And wow. um, it, it, like it's just such a needed solution to support education in our young minds. And she's come up with you know, something that is not only socially impactful, but commercially viable. So God bless Terry Bradley. Who will I uh, call out in the third cohort? Wow. I mean, I, I'm going to call out three product-based businesses. So out of cohort three, I'll talk about beautiful Curly Me and Zoe Oli and Ivana Oli, who are just trailblazers for making sure young Black and brown girls believe in their beauty and can see their beauty in themselves. I think that Beautiful Curly Me as a doll company will be the next iteration of the American Girl doll. Uh, Zoe mm -hmm. is a TED speaker and just leading the space of youth entrepreneurs with her mother by her side. And you're going to hear about Beautiful Curly Me a lot more from them. And then cohort four. Rochelle Porter Designs with distribution in West Elm, Bloomingdale's. Uh, she is a creative who creates textile arts, and she's gotten this distribution through these national partnerships and just such a brilliant artist, but also businesswoman. And so those are three great examples of the work that we do and the types of businesses that come into our program. Yes, I've had the opportunity to work with a few of them on in some workshop activities and so on. And yeah. one after the other are just so impressive. And I think, how are they going to top this? How are they yeah. going to top this? But very impressive. Well, how do you go about selecting each cohort? I mean, it's got to be so tough. Well, I will tell you, it is a comprehensive process that we are fortunate to, again, have the support of community partners in. Applicants can go to our website and apply online. We generally have applications open one to two times a year. This year, they will open up again on December 1st, and they stay open for about a month. Uh, you can apply online at weatlanta.com, weiatlanta.com. The application, like I said, is it's comprehensive. It, it helps us assess where you are as a startup. We ask for all sorts of information around your value proposition, your socials, the problem that you're solving. We like to look at your P&Ls to understand how you're making money. We like to understand why you think the program is perfect for you. I say all of this to say, I mean, again, we are an incubator and so no business is perfect and we are not expecting perfect businesses, but we do get a sense of where your pain points are and what you really need help with and if the program can really, really serve your business and the success of your business. After that online application, the application is evaluated by community partners. And so it's just a, a general scoring system to assess all the things that we talked about or that I was just speaking to. And the top 30 businesses are invited to pitch at Invest Atlanta. Again, evaluated by a second set of community partners. And you do that in person with a pitch deck. 
because we want women to get comfortable in this space and being on a stage and selling, always selling and always presenting their value proposition because you never know who's in the room. And out of that top 30, we, we select a top 15. We will announce the next cohort in the spring of 2024, which is during Women's History Month. And that's how we do it with our partners. So it doesn't sound like Shark Tank, where you have to have a million dollars worth of sales in the first year, that kind of thing. No, not at all. And the companies that we are looking for are people that know their business, that have had some early success, and also people that know where their pain points are and how the program will help them. Mm -hmm. Ideally, but this is not a rule, ideally, that business has its first set of customers and they're approaching six figures in revenue. And so okay. people are buying what you're selling. But you know okay. you want to really you know, refine and cement your business model, and that's why you're coming into this program. Again, our sweet spot is if we can get that female founder to about a quarter of a million in annual revenues over the life of the program and have them apply a piece of innovation to their business model, that will allow them to scale and really build it into an enterprise level business. That's where we're trying to take our businesses. So if you are a founder out there listening and you see that pathway as something is a path that makes sense for you, you should apply to the program. And I encourage all women to apply. And because I think in going through that process that I outlined, you really get a sense of where you are as a business owner and whether yes. the program is a good program for you. So, yeah. Well, and I can imagine that so many businesses and women who start businesses have got to be concerned about the failure rate. Again, according to Forbes, who's a great source of this, 20% of businesses fail in the first year, 30% in the second year. These are new business startups and 50% by year five. So what are those big challenges that people face, entrepreneurs face, to be able to sustain success? And what do you guys do at WE to help companies go beyond that five-year mark? Yeah, you know, I think that we've been, we've been drilling down on this and for the last 24 months, really to understand the programming that's going to allow business to get what they call that valley of death. That's what those statistics are ah. speaking to, right? You have some initial success, and then you essentially face the headwinds. And hmm. so from a programming perspective, we really start to integrate operational workshops that allow the founders to, to automate systems, to define processes, automate processes, put systems in place. You know, so many of our businesses are solopreneurs or maybe have one or one and a half employees um, when they're getting started. You cannot clone yourself, but you're going to have to use technology to do things that don't require a high level of human input, uh, whether that's a virtual assistant, whether that's lead generation for sales, whether it's just keeping your books straight. You know, so that you, you don't incur unnecessary fees or debits from, from that perspective. That's the first piece, right. the, the programming piece. The second piece that we do is we, after businesses graduate from our program, after 15 months, we do a lot of continuing education. Uh, so we have workshops that are available to our alumna for the life of their business. And I have to tell you, oh, there wow. have been quite a few businesses that have either rebranded 
are they decided out of a pivot, no, this is the new iteration of this, and it's a little bit of a different model. That happened to me as a part of the program. I was doing something in marketing that was very much kind of traditional and, and didn't have the opportunity for scalability. And the program kind of opened me up to that perspective and showed me the resources needed in order to create a scalable enterprise level business. So all of those things are true. I think that with regard to how, you know, business success rates, I think we do have to be a little nuanced about how we measure it as a community of support organizations. But those are the things that we have in place to make sure the businesses at their current stage are successful. And I would think that all that you do with these cohort members would encourage potential funding. I mean, if they know that this woman is a part of this business owner is a part of your program, then it can be trusted to succeed in the long run. Have I got that right? I think that we are getting there. We are building a momentum that is, I, I do agree, unparalleled. I've just, you know, this portfolio of businesses is the best and the brightest out of Atlanta. And so, yeah, I do think being adjacent and associated and part of the WE tribe is a benefit. You know, we mm -hmm. talked about the application process. We do vet the businesses. And mm -hmm. we, and the program is 15 months because we want to truly work with the businesses. Um, mm -hmm. These 10, back to this thing, these 10-year overnight successes, an overnight success is, is a bad phrase. It doesn't happen no. that way. No, no. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine having had my own business for a while. It's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. It is not. So last question. I'm just curious. What's your favorite advice for women considering starting their own business? You've been there, done it. So what is your advice? Do not boil the ocean. Mm. So the point there is that don't try to be all things to all people. Get a specific and as strategic and as targeted as you can about your solution. I find a lot of women come into business and say, you know, I bake cookies and I bake cookies for kids because all kids love my cookies. And it's just too broad. Perhaps you have made a delicious cookie that helps for kids that have peanut allergies. That is a specific solution. And so don't boil the ocean. Just try to really, really mm -hmm. drill down and refine your solution before you launch it. Know who your customer is. That, that's the point of that, that refinement. And, and go after that customer. And don't take business that is not for you because you know exactly who you, you should go after. So that's my phrase. Great, great advice. You've already told people if they're interested in uh, joining a cohort and being considered as one of the next cohort members to contact We Atlanta, that's W-E-I Atlanta.com. And so, Monica, if somebody wanted to support We in some way, how can they uh, be in touch or should oh, they? Oh, thank you for that question, Anne. I really appreciate it. Yes, W-E-I Atlanta.com for all of our potential applicants uh, for community members, corporations, individuals that like to support this work, please reach out to me at Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A, at weatlanta.com, or info, I-N-F-O, at weatlanta.com. 
We are raising monies right now to make sure this program goes on for some decades to come. We are out telling our story and selling through on the impact of the organization. If you would like to talk about that, we are more than welcome. And we welcome any partnerships and any supporters to to see our broader community thrive by leveraging the brilliance of women. And if ever you want to be inspired, just go sit in the room, (laughs) at least one of the cohorts, and support (laughs) them in any way you can, because they are absolutely amazing. And so are you, Monica. Oh, thank you you so much. You are so Thank you for all that you're doing. No, thank you for all you're doing. All right. Well, that does it for us. Thank you, Monica. Thanks again. Take care, everybody. All right. Thank you.